podcasts are radio. They're no different, right? The way in which you market it, maybe the way in which you monetize it is different, but at the end of the day, it's still the same thing. It's the same communication medium. Where do you think, where do you think podcasts are going? Like this is a podcast and I'm doing this with zoom. I do mine, most of mine live and in person in Nashville and I do some podcast touring, but where do you think like as a media mogul yourself, like where do you think podcasts are going? Have we hit the pinnacle or are we, we still on the upswing? I don't, that's like asking where is TV going, right? So TV and film will always be there. Content will always be there. Video, audio content will always be there. So when I grew up, I got the HBO channel. It was a big freaking deal. I don't know yeah. if you remember this, Jason. I right? remember. You know, I live in New York, so we got stuff early. You probably got stuff like 10, 20 years later in Tennessee. <laughs> you know, we, we actually had, uh, you know, oil and machinery back. back when we just growing. got sunlight a few weeks right. ago. <laughs> In today's ultra-competitive business world, being a successful entrepreneur or business owner can be very challenging. Fortunately, contemporary times have blessed us with resources for tackling those challenges and getting us to success more quickly than we could have imagined. Welcome to The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs grow incredible companies. This podcast looks at the five keys to unlocking success as an entrepreneur. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason's mission is to use his gifts of teaching and leadership to help others get the results they want out of life. Join Jason every week and learn the keys to grow a truly successful business. Welcome to the show. This is The Real Jason Duncan. No matter where you're listening on any podcast player, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it is that you're listening, Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing to the show. And if you haven't left us a five-star review, I would really appreciate you doing that. And uh, it helps helps get our show out in front of more people. And if you don't think we deserve a five-star, send me a DM. Let's connect. I want to make the show better for you because this show is dedicated to helping entrepreneurs like you get to success more quickly. Today's episode, you can see if you're watching on YouTube, I'm actually recording in a different location. I'm actually in my home office at the Root of All Success podcast studio in Gallatin, Tennessee, just north of Nashville. And uh, my guest today couldn't travel to Nashville to be with me in person. So we're doing the show by Zoom. So thank you for watching. Thank you for subscribing on YouTube as well. Today's episode sponsor is Two Market Media. I bet you're frustrated that you're not growing your brand or your business the way you want to. And I wonder why. You see, the world loves and trusts people that they and buys from people that they trust and the world buys from people who have a great story and the world buys from those who care and they also have one thing in common they create valuable content that connects with the people that they want to reach and they learn this by working with the best in the space and that is to market media to market media is the best in the industry because they understand that content is the difference. And it's time that you show the industry who you really are. It's time that you reach out to two market media and talk to them about how they can help you elevate your game. They've helped me elevate my game in significant ways and you should reach out to them. Go to two, the number two marketmedia.com. That's the number two marketmedia.com. And when you reach out to them, I want you to make sure that you told them you heard about this on the root of all success podcast with me 
the real Jason Duncan. They've got a special offer for you just for reaching out through this podcast. Go to twomarketmedia.com to get your message heard so that you can change the world. Today's guest received the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award in the year 2000. He was the president of the Shooting Gallery, which was responsible for executive production and distribution of over 50 films, including two-time Academy Award-nominated film, Sling Blade. He was also the executive producer of the Academy Award-nominated film, You Can Count on Me, the Emmy Award-nominated feature-length documentary with all deliberate speech, and multiple television series with clients such as Discovery Channel, National Geographic, Animal Planet, and VH1. Today, he's the managing partner of Two Market Media, who is our sponsor for today's episode. And he's responsible for large strategic partnerships with television networks, radio syndicators, publishing companies, and national brands. He's the executive produce, producer of numerous TV shows and nationally syndicated radio shows. And he manages the media profiles and business of highly successful media personalities. And he manages me. And I am so glad to welcome Steve Carlos to the show. Thank you, Steve, for being on the show today. It's an honor to have you here. So good to be here. Well, I'm uh, I'm honored to have you on the show. Um, you know, I want to kind of give a, give the listeners a little bit of background of how we came to know each other. And then, of course, I want to get into your your story. But your, your partner, uh, Hank Norman, I met at an event in Nashville. Um, golly, I guess it was three... Yeah, three or so, three or four years ago. And uh, I met Hank and I met Tim Story. And then by the, the nature of those relationships, you and I were introduced. And uh, eventually, and not immediately, but eventually, I hired you and your team at Two Market Media to work with me and my brand. And uh, I, and I'm, I've been really impressed with what you like how you, you're such a quick study and a quick read on what's going on with the branding and messaging. And that's what you've been helping me. And I know that's what you do with Two Market Media. But but you've got such a long history of cool other stories that you've done as an entrepreneur. So what I like to start with is asking you this, Steve, what like tell us, tell me and the listeners about how you started as an entrepreneur. What was the beginning of your journey as an entrepreneur? Yeah. So, you know. I had no clue what I wanted to do when I got out of college. Uh, I'm sure most kids for the most part don't have any idea. And uh, I went to Lehigh with an accounting major, which is hilarious. And I got hired by a billionaire right out of school. He had been uh, looking for somebody for two years, believe it or not, to be his right hand kid. And uh, he was such an obnoxious guy. And uh, in the interview, he says to me, uh, oh, I see on your resume that you were the president of the women's club at Lehigh University, which is interesting. And I said, and he said, why do you lie on your resume like that? I'm like, I was the president. My girlfriend, I dated. I made her name me president. Those are facts. And he continued down this path of trying to test me. And it came to a certain point. I said to him, I'm going to leave. You're really obnoxious. And if I don't hit you, uh, we're uh, I, I'm, I'm, I forget what I said exactly, something along the lines of, I'm literally going to hit you. And I got up to leave and he said, hold on, hold on, wait. And I turned around literally like a movie and he hired me. And I accepted the position. I learned everything from him for three years. He was a billionaire in, the, in Wall Street. And I managed, helped him manage rental properties and his stock portfolios and his trust for his children and everything. And he loved me, literally fell in love with me. And I my high school buddy said to me about three years into working for this guy, 
that he had made this little independent film that became a hit. Did I want to help him raise money and build a film company? And I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of working for somebody else. This guy, I like, you know, he's a lunatic, but it's time to go. And uh, I literally, uh, he freaked out my, this guy. Uh, I thought maybe believe, like created a whole thing, which was a nothing, of course, went away. But uh, yeah, I started a film company having no idea, having never been in film in my life, just knowing a little, you know, a bit about business, having, you know, I was 25, 26 years old. And uh, we started embarking on a film business that we built over a period of time with a lot of successes and a lot of failures. The movie business is a terrible business, but uh, you know we had we had quite a run. So is this guy still around? Is he still part of your life, or or what, what's the story there? But my ex business, no, my ex business partner did something very odd and weird. When the it's a long story, but we he did like a, a bad movie breakup. Uh, Let's not go too deeply into it, but uh, <laughs> he uh, made a big mistake. I ended up leaving, and uh, six months after I left, the company went out of business. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, one of the things that we talk about on the show with my guests all the time is about the, the keys to success, and one of those keys is knowing the right people and being in the right place at the right time. And that guy, you know, even though it didn't end the way that uh, the movies would make it end, yeah, I ended up being, sounds like the right person at the right time to kind of catapult you into this, what you ended up doing eventually. Is that, yeah, is that right? A hundred percent. I don't think there's any bad experiences. Uh, I mean, it was fucked up at the time. I wanted to strangle him, uh, but he got his. And, um, you know, look, everything I learned about how to run a business, you know, I was a kid trying to figure shit out. And I probably raised more money in the independent film business than anybody. Uh, you know, we won our, a couple of our films won Academy Awards. Um, we created stars at, from scratch, like Billy Bob Thornton. Um, and it was quite a run, but, uh, you know, everything I learned there, I, I'm a lot smarter today. I'm sure you know this, right? As you're building businesses, you talk about it all the time as we dig into your business, when you were figuring shit out, you know, results universities about helping others not make the mistakes you made. Yeah. So I'm able, uh, not only am I able to be a lot smarter in building a business, but I don't make the same mistakes. And I'm a lot calmer person. I was an animal 15, 20 years ago. I mean, the amount of stress I had building and running and raising money for a bit, it was crazy. And I was literally an old school animal. I'm so calm nowadays. <laughs> well, it's been fun. It's been fun working with you. And I'm not just saying that because of the, because we're on the show, but it's been fun working with you because I can sense that probably there have been people that may have thought you were the lunatic and they wanted to get up and walk out, maybe hit you in the face. But, but that guy that you said that to had a method to his madness and ended up teaching you tons of amazing stuff. And of course it didn't end well, as you just indicated, but I think that you've probably got that personality for some people that, that, that kind of butts them. But, but now that I've worked with you for a while, I can, uh, I, like, there is a method to your madness as well, so to speak, right? I see what you see. I could tell, I could tell, uh, I could tell listeners right now, you know, working with Steve Carlos, who produced amazing films and had behind people like Billy Bob Thornton, there is a genius in behind that, that, uh, that, that, that head of yours, because I've seen what you've been able to do for me. I've seen what you've been able to do for other clients. And I think that you learn that, um, you know, for, for lots in lots of different ways, but 
having that one guy kind of help push you in that direction. I think that, I think that that's a huge key to success that entrepreneurs who are listening right now need to pay attention. Like no matter who that person is, good or bad, positive or negative, you got, you can learn from them and failure always leads to success if you're a smart person. So what, what is it that, uh, you know, two markets kind of your big thing right now. I mean, you're the managing partner of two market media and you're working with big, big names right now. I don't know how much of that you want to talk about, but what do you, what is it that you guys do specifically? So the listeners will know, cause you guys are sponsoring this episode. So here's an opportunity to dig deeper into that, what it is that you do. So I think, you know, look, you know, first point in terms of me today, um, I think it's interesting because we do work with so many different types of clients. I think um, I'm probably as good as I'm ever going to get an understanding of personality and being able to cater to that. The only times today that I ever run into a problem with a client is when I know I don't want to work with them anymore. And I'm just direct. And uh, I think the, our clients across the board will tell a couple of things. They'll say we are the most loyal, supportive company that they could ever imagine because we really do fight for our clients. Um, and we're also really good at helping folks deliver who they are authentically. So we're, we're not about telling you how to act a certain way, uh, which we've tried and made mistakes back, you know, when we were first starting seven, eight years ago, we try to help folks in a certain direction and realize that doesn't work. You have to be authentic and really helping them deliver and repackage who they are and what they want to teach into something that's going to make them a star and, or, uh, help them monetize that, right? So how, what do you want to do? You want to, you want to communicate at a high level. You want to increase your platform to a large extent so as many people know you as possible. And then you want to be able to monetize it. So in terms of us being able to relate to different types of personalities, you know, that's been a pleasure over the last five, six, seven years. I don't think we've had any clients at all that we haven't really vibed with. And when it doesn't vibe, we're like, you know, love you, wish you luck. I'll even do, produce your podcast forever for nothing just so that I don't have to talk to you again. Um, I'm way over deliver for that, not having to talk to folks that, I'm, you know, at, at the end of the day, the one thing we're very careful about um, is not working with a victim. And what you find is that folks that come in and talk to you and say, you know, I tried lots of marketing companies before and they don't work. I'm like, I love you, but you got to go. I'm not working with you. I don't have the time or energy. I don't want to, I don't chase contracts. I don't like if someone doesn't have the money to play, like, I literally just want to enjoy our day. And that means having success, continuing to grow the company, continuing to help people like you grow their brands. And I think, again, when it comes back to the question you asked, which is what makes us great, it's I don't think there's anybody better in the world of understanding how somebody thinks and who their audience avatar is and how to marry those two things into what will become a star brand. And then, of course, how to monetize it. Um, and that's what we do amazingly well. We've done it for some of the biggest names in the world. I think probably there's nobody that has created and crafted and built uh, uh, somebody like Grant Cardone from scratch or Mel Robbins from scratch. They are the you know men, male and female, probably two of the biggest business and personal development thought leaders in the last seven, eight, nine years. And those two came through our doors and we literally built them from scratch. You know, and you know, look, Grant Cardone's going to have success no matter what because he's an animal. Um, but I'm sure he would tell you, as he said many times nicely before, uh, we helped him deliver that path. So, you know, Grant is very different than Mel Robbins. It's very different than Nancy Fuller. We had a, you know, a hit food TV star. Um, and if I could keep going down the list, Judge Jeanine Pierro, I have helped to double and triple her ratings over the years. And I don't believe, you know, I'm not in agreement with her politics, but I am in agreement with her as a person. I like her as a person, as 
as lunatic as people think she is. But what we do is help her communicate that message at a high level and then turn that platform that she's grown into money. And that's really what we do best. And again, it comes in male and female, black and white, liberal and, and conservative, although we are, a, you know, unlike you, we are a liberal company, but some of my friends are great, you know, great conservatives. And it's funny that I'm even talking about politics, but it seems politics pervades every freaking discussion you have nowadays. Yeah. But uh, what, again, it comes back to what that's what makes us great is understanding who somebody is and not being selfish in terms of how, how to package them. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah for sure. And I think that, What's interesting to me is that the the um, the broad sp spectrum of people that you've worked with, as you just labeled, you know, listed some of those people. But I hear, here's my question: as an entrepreneur listening to this show, who's maybe they're in media, maybe they're not, maybe they're in technology, maybe they're in, in health and fitness, or maybe they're in coaching. But if but if but each of those people had some some sort of preparation to get them ready like they know a special thing that gets them to where they can be proficient and successful and an expert in that space. But your space is so weird. Like there's, that's a weird thing to take like a Grant Cardone or Mel Robbins, as you talked about, and take them as an individual, as a human with a special concept and turn them into a worldwide brand and a phenom. Like, how do you learn how to do that? How did you accomplish that? I mean, where did you get the preparation to make that happen? So I think everybody today is in media, whether they like it or not. If you have yeah. a company, so every one of your clients is in media because they have an outward facing to customers. When you have outward facing to customers, you're in media. You're, you have to talk to them. You have to know who you are. You right. You have a you have a, a bio on LinkedIn. You have a social media account. You that makes you in media. You have a website. Guess what? That's called communicating who you are to other people, right? And People buy, you know, everybody at the end of the day has to sell something to get a job. You have to sell yourself. If you run a company, you've got to sell your product to customers. It's, you know, product service, whatever it is that you're selling, everybody has to sell something. If you're single, you got to sell yourself to a mate, boy, girl, or, or binary. It doesn't, non-binary, it doesn't matter, right? We're all trying to connect to something. And when you do that, you've got to communicate that. And, you know, we built this company organically. So when we started, we were a traditional media company. My first client was Mel Robbins. She came in to me through, a, through an investor actually and said, you know, I think she's great. I met her, I was like, this woman is a, I'm very good at knowing who's gonna be a star. And when she came in, uh, one thing, I took her into ABC. Hank Norman at the time was, was uh, the second in command at ABC daytime. He signed her to a deal. I took her into Sirius. I know the guy who runs Sirius, CEO Scott, Scott Greenstein, used to work at Miramax in the film business. We got her a daytime radio show without having done a stitch of anything. We had to train her on the fly of how to do media. <laughs> and, you know, she was a freight train of momentum, but like any human being, you know, she, and much more so than Grant, the funny thing is Mel and Grant have both had huge success. Mel's a little more of an anxiety-ridden person. So she's always doubting herself and insecure and fearful, as smart and talented as she is. And her five-second rule really was about, came from us teaching her how to manage her own anxiety. We used to call it yellow light training. Mel would get all panicked and nervous and want to do something new. We'd like, no, 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 no. Take a breath. Yellow light training, Mel, relax. And that became the five-second rule. But long story short, we started in traditional media, TV, radio. Those are things that I knew how to do. I uh, produced uh, some high-level documentary TV shows and other TV shows, uh, and always always worked with talent. And Hank, who I brought Mel into ABC, had 
that's all his job was, was developing talent for daytime. He had worked with uh, Tony Danza in his show. The, he was one of the founding guys on The View and working with all the talent there. You know, all of those things were how do you communicate on air, be a host, be an expert, et cetera. That translated perfectly as we started to work with Mel and started to build it out. So the idea was let's get Mel TV and radio, which worked tremendously well, and then do that and continue to grow that. It wasn't until years later as digital media started to take over that all we did was migrate the exact same skills that we have in helping people communicate that in social media, monetizing that through that, 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 that lens. So podcasts are radio. They're no different. Right. The way in which you market it, maybe the way in which you monetize it is different. But at the end of the day, it's still the same thing. It's the same communication medium. Where do and, you think po- where do you think podcasts are going? Like well, this is a podcast and I'm doing this with Zoom. I do mine, most of mine live and in person in, in Nashville and I do some podcast touring. But where do you think like as a media mogul yourself, like where do you think podcasts are going? Have we hit the pinnacle or are we we still on the upswing? I don't, that's like asking, where is TV going, right? So TV and film will always be there. Content will always be there. Video, audio content will always be there. So when I grew up, I got the HBO channel. It was a big freaking deal. I don't know yeah. if you remember this, Jason. I right? remember. No, I live in New York, so we got stuff early. You probably got stuff like 10, 20 years later in Tennessee. <laughs> you know, we, we actually had, uh, you know, oil and machinery back then. We just got sunlight a few weeks ago. So, um, you know, that was a big deal. And then all of a sudden cable became the thing, right? You remember cable became network TV was no longer that the domination. Then it was cable. Guess what? Cable's going away. And now Netflix and Hulu and Amazon, everybody's developing their own content. The end of the day, it's the same thing. It's just the vehicle that's different. Radio has been around forever. It was one of the most popular mediums forever. Now it's only sports, politics, and music. But Podcasts are the same exact thing. So podcasts live in the realm of people communicating there and entertaining and informing people, right? Via mostly audio, but of course, video too. So they're going to be around forever. It's not like, will it go away? Podcasts are a part of the consumption of media that everybody will do forever for as long as we're, we're around as, as walking, living beings. Same thing with TVs. Any visual medium will be around and audio medium will be around forever. And how it plays out through technology is what changes, not how, not actually what people are consuming. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I, I think, I, I think about radio, I think Motorola, I think was the first company to put radio in cars. If you, if you think the name Motorola, yeah, like that was where it came from. And so when radio went into cars, I think that's when it changed everything for, for our human existence, right. In terms of consuming content over the airwaves. I wonder, and I'd be interested to hear your perspective. I've never said this out loud. I've, I've had these thoughts, but I wonder, I wonder if podcast players are ever going to be built into cars the way radio FM and AM is built into cars. What do you, you, you predict anything like that? So I think it's already happening, right? So people are already, I mean, when you go to, let's just look at the progress of everything is always the same. And if you look at when you go, you know, TVs now have our smart TVs, right? So smart TV, this is only the last couple of years. This is not forever. In the last two years, when I buy a new TV now, I can buy a smart TV that I don't have to worry about connecting my, my you know, internet to, well, I do, but it's, it's all built in, right? So right. that's not a surprise anymore. When you go to a hotel room now, right? You have internet, you now have Netflix, you have all of these things built into what you're doing. 
guess what's going to happen in cars? Cars started building in Sirius, remember? That was a big deal. Next thing is you're going to have the same access to all of your media that you have anywhere, and you'll be able to plug in. Um, it's The difference is what's already happened is you can, you know, everybody has Bluetooth. So, right, you, you pop in your playlist, your music, your podcasts. It's already happened organically. The only difference is it's not delivered in the same way, but it, it essentially has changed already underneath our eyes without us realizing it. I, I, um, I think that your stories about what you helped out with, with Mel and, and with, with Grant, of course, and all the other people you've worked with, it seems like one of the common themes is that they're all producing specific content for the current vehicle. So whether it's video, whether it's YouTube, uh, podcasts, is there something else that you see coming that we haven't, that people, most people aren't aware of yet, a different way to consume content? I mean, is there anything else out there? There's not so much coming? consuming of content because people are going to always consume content. I think the thing that we've done really well is understanding, again, when you take who somebody is, right? What There's a connective tissue to everybody successful in all forms of media. It's having an opinion, being unafraid to share that opinion. And you know, being comfortable with people loving you and hating you, because the more people know you, the more people are going to love you, but they're also going to, the more people that will hate you for no reason. You know, there's plenty of people on, you know, if you look at the media list of the most famous people, the most hated people, a lot of people on that hated list, that makes no sense. Why are you going to hate Oprah Winfrey is the number three person in the world? That makes no sense. I mean, she's not perfect, but why would I hate Oprah Winfrey? But anybody that hits a level of fame is going to also have that level of hate. And what we've done for the Mel's and the Grants and everybody after that is taking who they are, who their audience is, what their message is, and helping them deliver that in a way that is opinionated, that helps and informs and entertains. You got to inform and entertain. So regardless of what that technology is, people want to hear these people and their audience will always get built and grow. So I'm never worried about, I'm agnostic to the technology because at the end of the day, whatever's working, is where we're going to go. It's so easy to repurpose. You know, if you wanted to create a TikTok account tomorrow, if you don't already have one, it's really simple to do. Does your audience live on TikTok? Yeah, kind of, maybe, maybe not. Clubhouse, another new uh, delivery mechanism for lots of folks. It's yeah. just audio, right? But all of these things, it does. you just have to prioritize where your audience is, right? What are you going to say to them to entertain and inform them? And then where are you going to drive them to buy? So it doesn't matter, you know, we work with auto companies, insurance companies, we've had tons of success in real estate. All of it is related to the fact that there is an audience there. And what you're trying to teach, inform, or tell them about is something that they may want. And then your ability to separate yourself and be unique, be entertaining, be informational, be opinionated, right, is what makes people want to become a part of your tribe. And when you have a tribe, People will give buy anything you sell them to some extent. And Grant Cardone has done that better than anybody in the world that I know. He's created yeah. that rabid tribe of 25 to 44-year-old mostly male um, that are just desperate to live that aspirational lifestyle. And he gives great stuff. I mean, his stuff is both helpful and entertaining at the same time. And if you follow it, you're going to make money. And that's that's what's worked. <laughs> Well, what do you, uh, like, I love that you told a couple of the stories about Mel and, and a little bit about Grant, but is there another story with another client you've had where there was such a surprise in the way that he or she developed that would be interesting for an entrepreneur right now who's listening to say, I, I can't be a Grant, I can't be a Mel. Is there somebody else that they would more align with to say, okay, I can do that. Is there a surprising story of one of your clients you could share? Sure. Um, 
And I think you got to be careful though. So there's a difference between uh, a business that's trying to differentiate itself and make money versus an, uh, an individual is trying to build a thought leadership brand. The difference is with a business, um, you're just trying to show and differentiate yourself as, 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 as a business and why the things that you sell are, diff- are, are unique and special. A thought leadership brand, you, you've got to be, you've, in order to really hit that next level of success, you can't be boring. And like nobody is going to, you have to be opinionated at a very minimum. You have to have something to say. You have to be an expert. You have to say shit that makes people say, oh my God, what they're saying makes so much sense. I want more of that. So, you know, I think you got to be careful. Anybody could be Melon Grant. Anybody could be, you know, Kim Kardashian. I mean, people always love to say, I don't understand why the Kardashians are so famous and make so much money. And I'm like, that's dumb because let me tell you something. I'm not telling you when I have diarrhea on television. I'm not telling you if my brother's girlfriend's cheating on them with a famous burn. It's the craziest stuff ever. Not So they're attractive, which everybody likes, but also they're willing to share stuff in a celebrity world that nobody else is ever willing to do. People love that. There's a reason they're so famous. They are unafraid. If you're not unafraid as a thought leader, you'll never hit that next level. And how does some, in your opinion, how does someone work past that thing's called impo- the imposter syndrome, where we don't, we think people see through us and call us a fake or that we're not true? How do you work with your clients to get them past the imposter syndrome? Or is that something you deal with? So uh, I'm going to answer that in a, through this. Um, so you asked about somebody I'm surprised, I was surprised by. He's not a household name, but somebody in your little town or it's close by you is a guy named Jonathan Frost. Do you know Jonathan Frost? I know. Yeah, I know Jonathan. Oh. Jonathan has built a really grown a lot as a CPA. He's had ups and downs because he's a very aggressive uh, uh, entrepreneur, but I love him and a terrific person. And, a, and a, his firm is, is amazing. But Jonathan was the worst person I've ever seen on video ever. And when Jonathan sent his first video to Hank and I, I turned to Hank and I was like, this guy is horrendous. He's so nice, but he's literally, I, I don't think we can work with him. And, you know, we had signed him up for a three month period. I was like, I, I don't know. I think we should tell him let's uh, let's 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 give him back his money. Let's move forward. But Jonathan decided to give it a try. And I got to tell you, he got pretty damn good. The biggest turnaround I've ever seen, because Jonathan did the thing that you just asked me about, which is the only way you're going to get better at not being a fraud or being better at media is by doing it. Experience and being willing to watch yourself and say, oh, shit. I get it. I see where I'm not great and not being, it's not the end of the world. Being objective to who you are in media is essential. And it's true in life too, right? If you're not self-aware of how you act or operate or do things, you're going to have some problems in relationships and business and in life. Same thing for what we're talking about. If you can't be objective to what you need to improve on and not willing to take the action, you can't replace action. At the end of the day, we can give you all the how-to, all the information, all the stuff, all the training. If you ain't doing shit, how are you going to get better? That's right. And there's plenty of people, by the way, you know, they say, how can you tell who's going to be successful? One, I know talent, you know, somebody that I, you know, you know how we found Grant. I was watching national, this show came on on national geographic. I forget somebody recommended it and it was called the turnaround King. The show was terrible, but the guy on the show, I said, Oh my God, this guy's freaking great talent. And I, his name was Grant Cardone. Nobody knew who the hell he was. Uh, they had found him, National Geographic, because he, Grant being Grant applied for it. 
And uh, I had my radio producer put him on Mel Robbins' radio show and tell and had Mel tell him how great we are because we had done amazing stuff for Mel in a short period of time. And he, she did. And we started working with him. But Grant is talent. He's unafraid to, to share those opinions. And um, it's hard to replicate that. You know, you're not going to be a star if you're not acting like a star. And the only way that everybody has concerns, even Grant, even Mel, Mel had tons of them. But if you're not willing to take action, put yourself out there, there's nothing we can do for you. So entrepreneurs are listening to this. I want to stop and kind of make sure you heard what Steve said. So Steve is talking about action is one of the most important things. If you, you ideas are worthless, if you don't act on them, your attitude is worthless. If you don't act on it, you've got to get out there and act. So as an entrepreneur, if you're listening to this right now, you've got to make sure that you're taking action. And Steve and his team have seen countless dozens and dozens and dozens of people that were willing to take action like Jonathan, you know, I know Jonathan and um, he, he's in uh, Chattanooga. I'm in Nashville. So we're a few hours apart, but I know him. I know of his company. I know what he's doing and he took action and he overcame uh, evidently the fact that he sucked on camera. Cause he's okay. Like I see him. He's good. He's doing good. This is not uh, uh, surprising information. Jonathan and I have laughed many times about how terrible he was on video. <laughs> So what do you, how would you describe in your own words, the concept of success? Because after all, this is the root of all success. So what would Steve Carlos, who's worked with tremendously successful people, has experienced success himself, how would you define the word or the concept success? Uh, so success to me is not a uh, um, broad definition. It's very individual, right? So what success is to you is different than it is to me, is different to many of my clients, right? So when we're working with clients, success to them is, is very different for each of them. So just like we try to repackage their brand and their, the way they communicate and make sure that we build something larger, we're also building into what they determine to be success. We can't tell them what we think success is other than for most folks, it's be more well-known and make more money, right? A lot of people obviously want to help other people and give back and really help others go through the thing. For me, success is really simple. I, getting to do whatever the fuck I like to do every day is success. And that means that I like to enjoy my life. And for me, working is a large portion of that. I work seven days a week, but I also kind of never work, right? I work at my own, I have a schedule obviously that I, that I, that I approve. My schedule is pretty freaking filled. Um, Hank, who's a great friend of mine, as well as my business partner and I have different versions of success. Um, but at the end of the day, working with people, helping them achieve stuff, building a company that makes th that rewards them, that watch people grow. I love to watch people grow and improve. And, you know, I'm super proud and happy for the Grant Cardones of the world and other po folks that we have brought through our system that have had success. And that makes me happy. I love to see other people benefit from what we do for them and for what they do for others. You know, we only work with nonfiction people. We only work with people that are helping other people. You know, I'm not, you don't see us dealing with, not, not, not that there's anything wrong with it, but we're not dealing with bikini models on, on Instagram that have millions of followers. Um, and we've had plenty of people approach us to help them with that. And it's not that I have anything against it. I'm, I love a girl in a bikini, but you know, we do the, the thing that we like to do is focus on, on folks that are helping other people. Yeah. So success to me is being able to do whatever I want to do every day to help folks achieve their goals while they continue to achieve mine on a personal basis. That's it. Well, with that in mind, do you consider yourself a successful person? Yeah, I get to do whatever the fuck I want every day. Now, could <laughs> I be more successful? Sure. Um, 
and we'll, we'll continue to be and continue to grow that way. But, you know, for the most part, I very much enjoy my life and I get to do for the most part the things I want. I can travel when I want. I can do what I want. It's not like I'm worried about where I'm going to have my next meal. I'm able to take care of my family and everyone related to that. So I, in that end, am I successful? Absolutely. Would I like to be able to do it even more? Sure. You know, I don't have Grant Cardone money yet, but uh, maybe that's in the, in the making. And then I'll be able to help more people and, and do even more of what I like to do. Well, I love, I love that the definition of success, you really kind of boils down to freedom of time and energy and money. Like you want to be able to do whatever you want to do when you want to do it. And in the process, you're able to help more people. And for everybody listening, you know, success is individualistic. I love what you said, Steve, because success is not a dollar amount. Success is not a place you live. It's not an address. It's not a thing that you own. It's really defined by what it is that you want to accomplish. The dictionary tells us that success is the achievement of the goal that you set. It's the intended, it's, it's achieving the intended desired result. So if you want to be able to have free time and you've achieved that, then you're by definition successful. One of the things that I know you know this better than any guest I've ever had on the show is that part of my content talks about the five P's of success. And I developed this based on dozens of interviews with very successful entrepreneurs, just like you talking to them about how they achieve success. How did they get to the place where they are living the life that they wanted to live and they've achieved the goals that they wanted to achieve, even though they continue to raise those goals and, and achieve even more uh, levels of success like you want to do. And the first P of those five P's of success is that of passion. So in your life, where has passion played a part in your keys to success? And what I'm referring to there is not just excitement, passion, and exuberance and joy. It's actually willingness to suffer through the crap, the stuff that's hard. Like where have you seen that kind of play into your keys to success as an entrepreneur? It's not really that relevant to me because I'm an intense person. So anything I do, I do it passionately and intensely. So it's just second nature to me. I used to be an athlete. I, I know I don't look it, but uh, I was an athlete. I was a short hoop player with a big nose. I was a shockingly good player back in the day. And one of the reasons I was so good is because I'm, I'm passionate. I'm an animal. And anything I've done in my life that I put myself into, I've done well because I am passionate about doing that thing well. I'm hyper competitive, you know, and... Uh, so passion just isn't an eight for me. It's not something I have to turn on. If I was, you know, if I was a pro athlete, they would never be talking to me about me in a way that says, uh, you know, we, we don't know what motivates him. We, you know, he's got to get a little bit more hungry. That, that's not a problem with me. <laughs> well, indeed, though, that is a key to your success, your ability to want and desire to hustle and push through and suffer so that you can provide for you and your family and your employees and all the people that passion has played a big part of that. The second P that I talk about instead of being at the right place at the right time. And the third is very similar to that. It's knowing the right people. And based on your story that you told earlier in the show, I, I would think that right place, right time was that guy, that billionaire that invited you into that office and said, Hey, eventually I want to hire you, even though you were walking out of the office. Is there another right place, right time or a right person that you could point to that said, this is what made Steve Carlos the successful entrepreneur that he is today. Yeah, I would say every step along the way, you know, uh, meeting my, even though I, he completely uh, uh, abandoned, like uh, whatever, disappointed in his integrity, you know, that was a, well, that was the next step. The step after that was 
you know, meeting Hank and figure and bringing Mel Robbins into Hank, meeting Mel, meeting Hank, meeting Grant, meeting Nancy Fuller, like all of these people that I came across, those were all the people that made up to where I am today. Well, I think that, uh, I, I, I'm on the road to success. I have not achieved the results I want to achieve yet. I'm on the road. There have been many successes in my past as an entrepreneur, but my new journey is leading me to a different place, a different definition of success. And I'm on that journey. And I would like to think that you are, and Hank too, are two of those right people. And the right place at the right time for me was I look back to when I was at the, the lodge with, uh, with Michael Burt. And that's where Hank was to doing the media conference on how to take your message to and make a mass media consumable. So I, I really uh, thank you and Hank and your team. And you have a phenomenal team, by the way. I love working with your team. Everybody on the team, we get on a call every week. They're really, really good people. And I think to, to, to a large extent, those people are going to be people that I point in the, you know, in the background when I look back and go, those are the right people. Those are the right place. I was at the right place at the right time and they helped me get where I need to be. So I, I to that end, I thank you for that. You're awesome. You know, you're a pleasure to work with. You know, obviously you've always been successful and will always be successful. And it's just, the, as you said, it's the latest journey and helping smart, talented people like you is fun. You know, it's great to see that journey and getting to the next step. And then you get greedy and say, wait a minute. And then you forget. <laughs> where you came from and then you say wait a minute and that's uh that's always a fun journey well the fourth the fourth and fifth p's of the final of the of the five p's of success that i talk about are preparation and plan and i think that if you look back into your life um there's probably a place where you can say this is where i put in my ten thousand hours as it were you know malcolm gladwell talks about in his book the outliers where i talk about it all the time so where was it that you put in that prep time to make you successful as the managing partner to market media as an entrepreneur? Well, it's probably not what people would think it is. Uh, my dad was a freaking lunatic and uh, everybody was afraid of him. My dad was uh, emotionally unstable, which I didn't know at the time as a little kid. But, uh, you know, he was a big uh, Argentinian uh, sunglass wearing all times of day and night, jewelry everywhere, furious temper. And uh, everybody was literally terrified of him except for me. And I don't know why I wasn't, but he adored me, I guess. Like he, I guess maybe because I was not afraid of him, but I was the only person in my family, maybe in probably in, in the world that understood him well enough to make him calm down. So my job literally from the age of two on was to figure out how to take this big lunatic and make him feel comfortable. Because when he was calm, the family was calm. So my ability to read his behavior and understand what I needed to do to calm this lunatic down is the, the single greatest skill that I've used throughout my life. And my ability to read people is pretty, that is my, probably my best skill. It's why I raise so much money in the film business. It's why I close clients when I feel like it. It's why I understand how to repackage somebody's inner, inner, inner brand. Uh, because, and Hank and I do share a lot of that similar strength. I understand who somebody is. I'm never being subjective about putting my judgment on who somebody is. It's about how do I objectively understand them so that I can help them get where they want to go. So whether it's in relationships or life or in business, I, that is a 10,000 hour skill that goes unmatched. Well, I, I, I did not know that story, obviously, 
So I would say to the entrepreneurs listening in, in their car or walking their dog or out on the treadmill or, or just listening in their room, what is it that's preparing you for it that you didn't expect? Like, I, I can't imagine, Steve, as a kid or even as a younger, younger, you know, teenager, you looking at the relationship you have with your father thinking, this is going to prepare me for greatness. I'm going to be able to read people someday. You didn't know that was preparing you for success. Now, looking back, you go, oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't realize this, this lunatic of a father, as you described him, prepared me. Why are you saying that about my dad? Huh? <laughs> you said that, not me. Uh, but I think that that preparation is something that all entrepreneurs can look back and say, well, what is it that prepared me? Where am I prepared for success? Because for instance, if I wanted to go into biochemical engineering or I wanted to create a new space shuttle, I'm not prepared for that. I can't do that. It doesn't mean I couldn't eventually do it, but I'm not prepared. So as an entrepreneur, what I would want listeners to know is that look at what Steve did is that this weird spot in his history prepared him for success as a media guy that's going to help people create brands that are going to be uh, world world renowned and famous that are going to change people's lives. But what about what about this fifth P, uh, Steve? Plan. It, where was the plan to get the financial resources required to launch Two Market Media or any of the other entrepreneurial ventures that you succeeded in? How did you get the cash to make that happen? So you know, early on, it you know you figure it out, right? So you use credit. You know, I remember when we first started our film company you know, maxing out credit cards and, right, trying to feed, you do what you got to do. And then, you know, it starts to turn and, you know, you find the money. Um, you know, nowadays, it's pretty simple, right? What's my monthly budget? And what am I trying to hit? What are my goals? And, you know, what is my revenue? And you figure out what the difference is and how to pay people appropriately and yourself. So, you know, the planning piece of it is organic and innate to me at this point. So it's hard for me to not understand how somebody couldn't understand that plan. But, you know, we all, everybody has a plan uh, for their life, right? You, you pay a certain amount of rent or a mortgage or a car payment or whatever it is that you're doing because you know how much you earn and how much access to cash you have. So that's a plan. Mm -hmm. um, when you're going to embark on something, you typically would know how much it's going to take to get from A to Z um, or A to C. And then you, you, you work backwards in order to get there. Yeah. Well, I think that a lot of entrepreneurs... They, they don't take action, which is a point that you made earlier is we got to take action. They don't take action because they are, they're, they're paralyzed because they don't know where they're going to get the cash. They don't know how they're going to finance it. But the reality is just like what you said, Hey man, as an entrepreneur, you're going to figure this out. Bootstraps. Like I started my big, my first big company that turned into a big company bootstrapped, man. We, we did that completely on our own. There was no outside investors and we didn't borrow any money. We were debt free for a very long time as a company. And of course, at some point we had to take on debt to continue yep. to grow. But yep. I love, I love what you said. And I hope that people are listening to that. So there's this, this passion that's just kind of innate in you, the right people in the right place kind of had a weird story because it's not only your dad was one of those people, but it's, you know, Hank and it's Mel and it's Grant. And it's all these other, that, that, that billionaire that you knew, you've got the preparation of these 10,000 hours of working with people over these years. And then the plan was, Hey man, we're just going to make this happen, whatever it is. So one of the last questions I want to ask you, Steve, is like a lot of these entrepreneurs that are listening to the show right now, they don't, they haven't started yet and they're not really sure first step. So 
you've got lots of experience as a successful entrepreneur, built multi-million dollar companies that are doing fantastic. And not only did you build your company that's doing that, you've built other brands that are doing multi. And I, I wonder, you might, you might've done this, you might've added up the brand value that you've, you guys have helped create. But what would you say actionable advice for that one entrepreneur that's sitting there right now thinking, I, I don't know what to do to get started. What's your one or two pieces of actionable advice that you give those new entrepreneurs? Sign one client. Just get one client. If you know what you want to sell, if you can't sell a single person, you've got a problem. <laughs> True. If you can sell somebody and you believe that that's repeatable, you have a business. And then, then the step two is figure out how to take, find your second client and your 10th client and your 100th client. I mean, if you can sign one client, you proved out your concept and you know price it reasonably obviously discounted at first but when you want to build something you've got to you know if you don't sign if you don't ever bring in revenue you got a problem and if you can't sign somebody up i suggest you figure out uh, a way to get them signed before you keep moving forward yeah but that's action action is to sign a client that, uh, well listen that is great advice so entrepreneurs get one client, sign one client, get the first one. That's the, that's the actionable advice from Steve Carlos, who's built multi-million dollar brands. We have a new client that's a, such a great example of that, that I love. Her name is Jamie Hess. And Jamie is a very well-known QVC host, uh, media personality, um, podcaster. She's got a deal now with Dr. Oz, but she was tired of just being paid talent and wanted to build her own thing. So she's very passionate about a particular issue around food shame. She has had her own serious medical health issues with food and how it impacted her life. We said, just let's find one $10,000 coaching client. Well, she did that. And now we're, we're she's going to be big. And all it started with was one person to sign up. So how would people get in touch with Steve and two market media? Just email us at twomarketmedia at gmail.com or go to our website, twomarketmedia.com. Number and that two. is the number two marketmedia.com for people to get in touch. And I will say as a client, I would, uh, I would recommend you guys. Uh, I think that, you know, it, it doesn't happen overnight. None of this does. There's no overnight success like that. But I think that what you guys are doing for me, what you've done for other people and what you could do for the entrepreneurs who are listening is you could work through that foundation, which is what we've been working on, you know, between you and me and our, your team is getting that foundation built. What is that central messaging? What is the thing that you can help people with more than anything else? So I would highly recommend for listeners to reach out to two market media and uh, work with Steve and, and, and his team. I think that the team is phenomenal. I probably talk, I don't want to set unrealistic expectations for new clients, but I probably talk to somebody on your team at least once a day. Maybe it's by text, maybe it's by email, but there's constant communication. You guys are performing at a high level. And I think it's evident in the way that you're producing content for or helping people produce content like Mel and, and Grant and all the other people that we talked about on the show. Well, Steve, it's been an honor to talk to you. I, I I love this because we haven't ever gotten to do this where it's really about you because it's always every time we talk, you're asking questions about me. So it's been fun to talk to you, get to know you a little bit better about your success. That's why I have Hank doing all the media. I prefer much talking to you about you than me. Well, you did. You did great, man. And uh, I know a marketing company that can help you with this if you need. 
<laughs> but you did good, man. I appreciate you being on the show. It's an honor to know you, to talk to you, and to have you give advice to the listeners out there about how to be more successful. So thank you very much for everything, man. Thank I appreciate you. You're, you're awesome to work with and appreciate you a lot. Thanks so much, man. All right. Well, there you have it. Another episode of The Root of All Success, where we talk with yet another successful entrepreneur, this one being Steve Carlos, uh, the managing partner for Two Market Media, sharing the stories of how he became successful. And I, you know, I love how he said, of course, he was crass and to the point, which is who he is, but he said, hey, I want to do whatever the, you know what I want to do. And that is a message that a lot of you probably resonate with. That You are probably thinking, I want to be able to do what I want to do that's for him that was the definition of success and he considers himself successful in that what it is what is it that you want to be successful at well if you want to know about your probability of success go to therealjasonduncan.com slash success and you can take a free five p's of success assessment that i created just for you so that you can know what your probability of success is and when you take that success assessment you're going to see what your probability of success is based on those five keys of success that we talked about on the show with steve about passion about being at the right place at the right time being knowing the right people being prepared and what is your plan to Get those finances prepared so that you can go out into the marketplace. So that that success assessment is completely free. It's only 17 questions. You'll get a personalized report sent to your email specifically about your probability of success as an entrepreneur. So again, go to therealjasonduncan.com slash success and take your assessment today. I'm the real Jason Duncan, and I am the host of this podcast, The Root of All Success, where I interview super successful entrepreneurs, just like we talked with Steve. Next week, we're going to talk to yet another super successful entrepreneur about his or her journey to success. I'll see you next week. And until then, remember, Jesus is King. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with the real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, we invite you to visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Take charge of your business. Grow it from great to incredible. Join us again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.